Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Welcome back to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. Today's episode is all about invitations. Now, I've already done an episode about wedding stationery, where I definitely cover uh, quite a bit about invitations, but I kind of just breeze over it because I was also talking about save the dates and table numbers and escort cards and all that good stuff. But today is going to be just about invitations. Now, because this is the unconventional wedding podcast, as you already know, this is not going to be an etiquette course. We're not going to be going over all the different papers that you need to have and the inner and outer envelopes and the special wording and what to do if it's a place of worship versus a banquet hall. None of that. All of that is available on Pinterest or Martha Stewart Weddings or any of those other places. We're going to be talking more about, you know, what the actual point of invites are is <laughs> and what you actually need to have in your invitation, how you can save some money and how you can modernize them. Okay, let's dive in. So first thing is keep in mind the point of the invitation. I've seen so many people spend so much time and so much money just stressing about invites, not being sure how to word something, not, you know, spending all this time and money figuring out the right font and the right lace overlay and gold foil and pearls and whatever else people do. But like, if we just sort of wind it back, the point of an invite is to let people know they're invited. <laughs> you're letting people know that you're getting married, you want them to be there. And here is the information that they need. You might also want to kind of set the tone for your wedding. So if you're having like a really formal black tie affair, maybe it's like a slightly fancier invite, you've got calligraphy, maybe like a, you know, heavier cardstock, whatever it is. If it's more of like a backyard barbecue, maybe it's a little bit of a funkier invite, maybe it's a postcard, you've got some fun graphics, some pictures, whatever it is. That's optional if you want to kind of set the tone, let people know. But the whole point really is to let people know that they're invited to your wedding and like where and when they need to be there. So you don't really need to get you know, super concerned and in the weeds about whose name is first and, you know, writing out the time like five o'clock in the evening, um, you know, in letters instead of just having the number five. A lot of that stuff you can just sort of leave behind, throw it out, don't worry about it because nobody cares. <laughs> that's, that's something we come back to a lot in these episodes. Nobody cares. Nobody, I mean, there's going to be a handful of your older relatives, you know, maybe your parents who are going to save this invitation, but the majority of people are going to look at it for a little while. Maybe they'll put it up on their fridge. Probably not since most fridges aren't even magnetic these days. Uh, they'll look at it briefly. They'll throw it away. They'll forget. They'll end up texting you anyway saying, what time is that wedding at? Where is it again? Where do I, what do I need to do? Um, so don't spend so much time and money on uh, something small, a little detail like this that the majority of people are not going to care about or not going to remember. It's really not going to affect their day. You can put that time and money into lots of other parts of your wedding or, uh, you know, something that's not your wedding at all. <laughs> Okay, so if you want to save money on your invitations, the first thing you want to do is have less paper. Obviously, less paper is, first of all, it's less wasteful, which is awesome because weddings create a ton of waste. So having all of this extra paper in your invitation isn't helping anyone. It also means less postage because when you end up adding in all of the, you know, inner envelope, outer envelope, escort card, map, entourage card, RSVP, RSVP envelope, all of that stuff, it really adds up. It makes your uh, package really heavy 
and you end up having to pay, you know, especially when people start adding things like um, seals and stamps on the back and they get like really heavy cardstock. People are paying like multiple dollars per invitation. And if you're inviting, say, 200 people, maybe that's 100 invites, that really adds up. So uh, try to look for ways where you can cut back on that paper. Things like, you know, you don't need to put a map in there. Everyone knows how to use Google Maps these days. You don't need to put an entourage card. Nobody cares who's in your wedding. They can find that on your wedding website. Even with the RSVP, which we'll get more into in a sec, you don't really need to do, you know, a separate card and an envelope. You could have a little tear off. You could have a website that people can go to that sort of thing. If you really want to save money and sort of skip the paper invitations altogether, you could do an evite. So there's lots of really nice uh, places that will do evites. That's, so that's like an online invitation. You send it by email. I know Paperless Post is one of them. I'm sure there's a ton of other places where you can get really beautiful designed um, invites. And it's, you know, way less money for you. It's also less waste. You're not printing all of this paper. There's not a chance that it's going to get lost, that the post uh, postal service is going to lose your invitation. It's also just a lot more accessible because so often we, you know, send these wedding invitations or whatever it is. It's, you know, very old school, very antiquated. And there's a link that says, okay, like, you know, for more information and to RSVP, head to our wedding website. And it's like the not.com slash weddings slash Julia and Justin 2022. And like, nobody remembers that nobody wants to type that into their, you know, web browser, open up their Google Chrome or whatever it is, it would be so much easier if you just sent them an email and they could just click a link. But, you know, for some reason, emails and evites have a really bad reputation. So I understand if you do want to send something physical, something in the mail, paper, you know, it's a little bit more formal. Um, but just remember that if you really go back to the main point of invitations, you know, giving people that information, letting them know about your wedding, how to get there, where it's going to be, when it's going to be, and making it as easy as possible for them to get that information and to RSVP, honestly, the evite is probably the best way to go for everyone. But alas, we may not be there in 2021. Another way to save money is to remember that you are sending an invitation per household, not per person. So many people go, they look at their guest list and they say, okay, we're inviting 200 people. That means we need 200 invites. No, when you are inviting a family of five, you just send one invite to the entire family or a couple or, you know, whoever it is. So count your households, not your individual guests. That way you don't end up over ordering a bunch of things. Another option would be to do a postcard, um, just sort of having a single sheet of paper double sided with the invitation information on it. Of course, you want to be careful with that. You might not want, um, you know, anyone who's checking the mail or the postal workers or whatever to have all of your information, but it is an option if you want to cut down on money, on envelopes, on waste. Um, and another mention on this is save the dates. Obviously, that's an added experience expense. It's basically sending invites all over again. Usually it's less paper, um, but they can really add up, especially some people like to do, you know, slightly fancier save the dates like magnets or things like that that are a little bit more creative, though how creative is a magnet? Like we've we've been there, right? <laughs> it seems very, sorry, I'm crapping on magnets, but it seems very 2013 to me. Um, but those can really add up. People are spending, you know, multiple dollars to just create each save the date, and then you still have to put it in the mail and send it. So if you are not sure if you actually need save the dates, head back to, I believe it was episode seven. I did a little quick 10 minute mini-sode on do you need save the dates? And hopefully the answer is no, and you can save a lot of money by just eliminating that completely from your budget. 
Okay, so we've talked about how to save money. Now let's talk about how to modernize the invitation. So when you look at the traditional invitation, um, you can literally just Google parts of an invitation. Lots of things will come up. It starts with the host line. So that's usually who is paying for the wedding, who is hosting, who is doing the inviting. The next line is usually the request line. So that's actually doing the inviting, saying, you know, we would request the honor of your presence or please join us or are you coming, whatever it is. Next comes the names of the couple getting married so you know uh, whose wedding you're attending. Then it goes into all of the details. So the time, the date, the location. Usually there's a nice little line saying something like, you know, reception to follow or dinner and drinks to follow, dinner and dancing, whatever it is. And then there's a line about kind of what you want them to do next. So generally that's the RSVP, like RSVP at this website, this phone number, this address, by this date, that sort of thing. So those are the aspects of a traditional wedding invitation. Now, of course, if you were trying to modernize it, you can cut out whatever you don't need. Um, but a lot of that stuff, actually, I would I would argue is pretty essential, but you can modernize it. So for example, you don't have to do, you know, Mr. and Mrs. John Smith and Mr. and Mrs. Jane Doe request the pleasure of your presence at the wedding of their son to blah, blah, like, you really don't need to get into all that. There's lots of really modern ways to say that you can say, you know, John and Jane, along with their families, or you can just skip that all together and say, we're getting hitched, join us, you don't have to do a big formal, how do you do with, you know, first name, middle name, last name of all of the parents, this is especially difficult if you have, you know, step parents or deceased parents, or some parents are paying some parents are not, um, you can totally skip that you can just say, name of a couple and their families, um, or along with their families, you don't have to say anything, you can just say, you know, John and Jane are getting hitched and want you to be there. That's it, you really don't have to get into all of the weeds with all the names, this will save you hopefully a lot of stress. Um, and again, your guests don't care. <laughs> they don't care who's paying for it. They don't care whose name goes first. Um, they just need to know the details. So definitely don't skimp when it comes to the details part, you need the time, you need the date, you need the location, uh, the city, if that is relevant, if it's not obvious, um, actually, no, I'm going to say always put the city. Uh, maybe you don't need the state or the province or the country. If that part is obvious, make sure those details are super clear, easy to read. And again, you can modernize it. You can have, you know, if the ceremony starts at five o'clock, you can put five, the number five PM. You don't have to say five o'clock in the evening and, you know, fancy type script, whatever is more comfortable for you and like language you would actually use versus um, being really formal and getting caught up in these traditional details. Another great thing to do, lots of couples put their website on their invitation as an easy way for people to get some more information. Maybe on your website, you'll have like directions on how to get there, um, places for people to park, the dress code, your registry, all that sort of stuff. Um, great to have that on a website because that's not all information you're going to be able to fit onto an invitation. It'll save you a lot of money if you don't try to put all of that information on a bunch of different paper cards and shove it into the envelope. Um, a cool, really modern way to share this is actually to get a QR code. I believe you can just like go online and um, and get QR codes made for, for websites. So that would be a really cool way to modernize a paper invitation. If you have a QR code that links to your wedding website, that way people don't have to like type in your website letter by letter into their browser. They can just hold their phone cameras over the QR code and get to your website that way. 
You could also follow up by email, um, you know, send everyone a text or an email and say, hey, I hope you got the invitation. Um, heads, you know, here's a link to our wedding website. And that way people can, again, just click the website. They don't have to uh, take the time to type in your wedding website uh, URL, which they're often very long when you get those free ones with like the Nod or Wedding Wire or whatever it is. So that is a really great way to modernize it. Okay, let's talk RSVPs. Across the board, people suck at this. <laughs> people suck at letting you know if they can come to your wedding, which is hilarious because in past episodes, we've talked a lot about how people are so eager to get all this information from you about your wedding, and they want to know if they're going to be in the wedding party and if they're going to be invited. And then when they do get invited, they totally drop the ball when it comes to RSVPing and letting you know. And this is so aggravating as a couple. You know, you've gone to all this work, you've put together a beautiful, a beautiful day, a beautiful invitation, you've given them lots of time, even when you make it so easy, you give them a, you know, a self-addressed envelope with a stamp already on it, all they have to do is just click a box, put it in the mail, so many people cannot do this. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, just if you ask anyone, anyone who's been in the wedding industry, you know, wedding planners and whatever, they'll let you know that this is something that all couples really, really struggle with. So know that ahead of time, plan it into your schedule. If you are asking for RSVPs by a certain date, um, give yourself some buffer time. Uh, it's very difficult if you tell people, hey, RSVPs are due April 1st, and you actually need to give a final number to your caterer April 1st. Like you're really not giving yourself any buffer time. Instead, if your caterer is saying, hey, we need final numbers April 1st, you should be telling people RSVPs are due like March 15th. Give yourself two weeks to follow up with all of the late, uh, late comers. Um, and a lot of people are going to do things like try to just RSVP by text or they'll say something to you in passing like, oh, can't wait, but they don't, you know, formally RSVP and you're like, hey, I need you to actually send back that card. That's how I know you're coming for sure. I need you to, you know, let me know if you want chicken or beef or whatever else you're asking them. So try to make it as easy as possible. Um, as I just talked about in the modernized section, if you give people that QR code, you know, RSVP by this QR code, all they have to do, take a picture of it, they get sent to your wedding website. If you are sending people an email or a text with the link for them to RSVP, if you're making an option for them to RSVP online, instead of having to send something in the mail, even if you are giving people, you know, the envelope with the address and stamp already on it, people are terrible at putting things in the mail. It would be a lot easier if they just get a link sent to their phone, they can click it and be done with it. You also want to make things easier on the back end. A lot of people will number their RSVP cards because so many people return the RSVP cards without their name on it. So you get an RSVP in the mail um, and the name part is empty. So you're saying, okay, who is this from? Who's RSVPing? So if you number all the cards on the back and you have those numbers um, coordinated with a guest, then you'll know, oh, it's number 15. Okay, that's Chris. Chris is coming. Great. So have a spreadsheet keep yourself accountable, keep track, follow up with people, and just count on people kind of being a pain about this whole thing. <laughs> count on some people never RSVPing, but showing up to your wedding anyways. Count on some people who do RSVP and then don't show up and, you know, don't tell you, aren't able to let you know ahead of time for some reason, especially if you're having a bigger wedding, just more people, there's a bigger chance for this sort of thing to happen. Probably if you're having, you know, 10 people at a little elopement ceremony, you're not going to get a ton of people showing up unexpectedly or dropping out last minute. But if you're having, you know, 200 people, yeah, there's probably going to be some people who, you know, don't RSVP or who do RSVP and then just don't show up. So basically, uh, people are the worst <laughs> is, is the bottom line on this one. But if you know that ahead of time going in, 
in, you can pack your patients, build in some more buffer time into your timeline and come up with as easy as possible way for your guests to RSVP. Give them lots of options, make it super simple, and hopefully they will surprise you and actually do a good job at this. Okay, last thing I'll say before I get out of here, the one traditional aspect of invitations that I actually subscribe to is not putting your registry on your wedding invitation. If you talk to anyone who knows anything about wedding etiquette and traditions, um, you know, any people who are deal with wedding stationery, they will say this is like the number one rule. It is super tacky. And I know it's, you know, it's so practical, right? People are asking, they want to know where you're registered. Why can't you just put that information on the invite? But this is one that I actually do agree with. I do think it's kind of tacky. The point of the invite is to let people know, hey, we're getting married. We'd really love you to be there. Here are the details. You don't also want to include in there, oh, and by the way, here's how you can buy us a present because it's not about that, right? Like you're not in it for the gifts. Those are a nice bonus if anyone wants to buy you something. So the very easy way around this is simply to put your wedding website on your invitation, either the URL or if you want to get fancy, put that QR code and you can list your registry on your website. That is totally fine. All the etiquette experts sign off on that. Uh, if you want to go old school, you can do that thing where you give the registry info to like your mom or your cousin or your maid of honor or best man, and they can sort of like leak that info to your other guests. But in this day and age, just put it on your website. It's way easier. Everyone will know to go there. Nobody is going to look at your invite and say, oh, there's no registry information on this. Guess they're not registered. Um, if you do decide to do a registry or if you're doing some sort of like a honey fund money registry, you can just put all of that info on your website and just leave it off the invite. So bottom line, what is the point of an invitation? It is to let people know you're getting married and you want them to be there and that here are the details so they know where and when to show up. Honestly, we could probably get that message across by text. It would be more convenient, cheaper, less waste, less time spent on it. Um, but most of us want to do something, you know, slightly nicer than that. Even me who swore off wedding stationery ended up creating save the dates and invites. And mostly that's just because I thought it was kind of fun. <laughs> I got to goof around on Canva and change colors. And because our guest list is so small, like I shared in past episodes, we're only having, you know, 20, 25 guests. We really only had to send about 10 or 15 invites. So it was super easy for us to just, you know, print those off at a local print shop and send them in the mail. And it was fun if we were going to have 200 people, I'd probably be rethinking this and doing more of an evite route. Um, but whatever works best for you, whether you want to send a text, an evite, an email, a fancy letter, a personal, um, I don't know, choir that goes door to door to invite people, however you want to do it. Uh, just basically keep in mind that the point of the invitation is just to let people know that you're getting married, you want them to be there, and here's the info they need to show up. Don't put all of this time and money and energy into it if it's not that important. It really is not, I promise, even if you're huge into stationery and etiquette and tradition, there are lots of other places in your wedding and in your life where you could put that energy. You do not need to stress out about invitations. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and a review, follow along so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the show. Remember, you shouldn't be spending your wedding day managing other people's feelings. <laughs>